Galaxy Judging Book Covers, your bi-weekly book club podcast where we're going through our 2019 challenge list. I'm Stephanie Cortez, and as always, my awesome co-host Megan Griffin's here with me. How you doing, Megan? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Still feels weird when we record on a Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> it does when it's bright outside. Yeah. <laughs> not winding down a day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm also a little annoyed that it's going to be in the 80s this weekend. Like we're not talking about uh, that. <laughs> like I've convinced myself second summer is not coming. It's okay <laughs> if we get back to the eighties, <laughs> but don't creep above that, please. Cause it was gorgeous this week. I know. And like, I, I do the dog walking on the weekends cause of my schedule during the week. Like I'd like to not walk him in 85 degree weather, please. And yeah. thank you. Yeah. I'm over it. We just need like one good rain to knock it back out. Yeah. Ugh, but I hate walking him in the rain, too. <laughs> okay, you no can't winning. be picky. <laughs> I just want it to be fall. That's lit. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, I, my mother's coming up this week, mm-hmm. and it's like, I think it just dropped out of the 90s for like a day. Mm-hmm. She like sent me a picture of her sitting on her porch, and uh, I was like, oh, it's okay. It'll be fine. You'll come up here. It'll be in the 70s, and now it's like creeping back to the 80s, and I'm like, just don't. Yeah. Just not. Yeah. But it'll be good. Yeah. It'll cool. It has to cool down at some point. Like, it has to. I mean, that's what I keep telling myself. (laughs) I bought new booties. Nice. I need new new ones. I I bought new boots and then got the zipper stuck immediately. Oh, my God. I saw your post about that. (laughs) I ended up cutting around it, but I'm so annoyed. Yeah, that's freaking boots. Yeah. But it'll be fine. They'll be perfect for winter. Yes. Yes. All right. So before we get into what we read for the podcast, last time you were going to read, I believe, was the Rainbow Bright comic. Yes, I did. I read so many comics this week. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm a little bummed because I think it is on, like, long-term hiatus depending on if you know the sales go through for the Mm. trade but it's basically like a five issue trade setting up the i don't know if you watched rainbow bright as a kid i did but i do not remember (laughs) (laughs) that's about where i was um essentially it's a girl who goes to save this planet Mm -hmm. that's lost all its color but then they've added on another character, her best friend. And so I really enjoy it. It's done by Jeremy Whitley, who I think does really, really great all age comics. Mm-hmm. Um, he does Unstoppable Wasp for Marvel, which is, I think, hands down the best superhero comic uh, right now. Um, and he's doing something. It's not Fantastic Four, Fantastic Academy, Future Academy. I don't remember the exact title, but um Highly recommend all of his stuff. So, what were you going to read? I was going to read How to Archer. (laughs) Um, That's right. By Sterling Archer, star of the show Archer, best secret agent (laughs) at ISIS. I had bought this book for Chris several years ago because I thought it was funny. I was like, they really wrote a book in Arthur, uh, Arthur, Archer's voice. Um, And they did. And they did. Like, I could hear him with the sarcasm and the, yeah. So they were definitely... Totally worth it? Yeah, it was enjoyable. There were a couple parts where I was just like, I cannot even believe. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
it's what I needed. So is it like a memoir or? It's, um, oh, I don't have it with me, but it's basically like, it's something about how to arch or like how to be an awesome, um, like secret agent badass. And, <laughs> oh, thank you. It's How to Archer, the ultimate guide to espionage and style and women and also cocktails ever written. <laughs> so, but like the beginning of it, he thought that he was going to be writing a book about something else. And like, he wants to focus on like friggin' cobras and shit. It's like, <laughs> I'm just being an idiot. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Um, my favorite though is he has, the, he does have some cocktail recipes um, in the women's section. Um, or sex, I guess. It's the what is it? The Archer Sutra. So he had this whole idea oh, no. about him and two cover models who would be photographed basically as they're going at it to show like awesome positions and stuff like that. But the oh, no. the uh, Harper Collins was not here for it, so he tried to play around and like design his own like imaging, and this is what he uh-huh. came up. and that's literally it because he was like fuck that it's um oh god it's like the like the images that you see on like a bathroom of a man and woman those figures because he was not great at like photoshop (laughs) that is amazing (laughs) oh yeah yeah and then there's one part um how to dine and it's a picture of him holding a lobster which i was like yes archer yes (laughs) That's all you need to know about dining. Yes, it's nice and light and refreshing and not at all serious. So that's, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah. I haven't watched Archer in forever. Yeah. Um, and then we did not do nice, light and refreshing for this week. No. But Because uh, oh, we apparently hate ourselves. Yeah. This was banned book week and we chose Toni Morrison's Beloved. Which yeah. I had never, you, had, you hadn't read it either, right? No. So neither of us had not. read it. I remember the movie trailers. Hi. Ba- vaguely. And it being like, oh, this looks like serious and dark and also a little scary, a little spooky. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was um, something to do with slavery. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was a dead child. And that was about mm-hmm. all I knew. Yeah. Um, that and I was like, I think she comes yeah. back. Does she? And then yeah, yeah. didn't know about the ghost. Oh, which is funny because uh, a, a friend of mine is reading a bunch of horror books right now. Mm-hmm. Like he's getting back into reading or something. I'm not entirely sure like what's caused this craze. And someone recommended Beloved, and I was like, why would that be recommended? Mm-hmm. And now I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Different kind of horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there are definitely also, a couple parts yeah. where I was like, oh god, shit's about to get real creepy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Beloved's ghost is a little intense. Just putting it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Let, but before we get the book, let's discuss Band Book Week a little yeah. bit. Uh, this year it's going to be the 22nd through the 29th. Uh, it was started in 1982 um, as a response to a sudden surge of, you know, challenged books in schools. Um, and it's essentially just bringing awareness to these books that get challenged, particularly in schools. Um, and there's always a theme and, a, you know, a bunch of different discussions and things like that. Um, 
there is a list of the top 11 challenged books from 2018. The Hate You Give is number four. Mm. Um, some of these, it kind of, I just want to be like, can we not put these on the list? Because typically with a bunch of readers, if it's on the banned book list, they're, they're like, screw it. I'm going to read it. It's something that I want to try. Like, you can't ban this. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me what to read. But the book's like 13 Reasons Why and The Absolute True Diary of a Part-Time Indian are both by authors that have been accused of sexual assault. Mm. And I do believe Sherman Alexi like has admitted to it as well. So I'm just like, can you not put them on the list? Mm. Like I get that they're banned and not for this reason, but they should be banned for this reason, but also don't ban books. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this one has been banned or challenged in different areas because, Oh, basically parents concerned about depictions of rape and fantasize. Uh, bestiality, violence, and slavery. It takes like that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you teach about slavery? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because it wasn't challenged until twenty years after publication mm-hmm. for the first time, uh, and of course it was in Kentucky. <laughs> um, and then it's been challenged, I think every year since or Jesus. at least through 2013 in different states too mm-hmm. it's not just yes. the south yeah, different it's going states, after yeah. this but uh but yeah i think it's a good one and i think it's like i mean you learn about slavery but how in depth did your like my teaching like my school's their teachings did not go super in depth about like a chain gang basically like so yeah. yeah. Um, so I was educated in the South, and it is a very interesting line because, like, we definitely talk a lot about slavery, but it's still kind of tinged in this, like, yeah, slavery existed, but man, the old South was great mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Um, I don't know, but like we definitely, I learned a lot about slavery. Like I'm trying to remember what books we even read, but it was, I I thankfully had teachers that were not afraid to show that horror, Mm -hmm. even though we still discussed a lot of was the civil war over slavery. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) yes, yes. In fact it was. (sighs) Yeah. So beloved is, divided up into three parts and I really like that basically the first line of each part refers to the house 124 the, the setting the main setting of almost everything um, and the first part starts with 124 was spiteful in the second part uh, 124 was loud and then in the third part 124 was quiet um, I really like that she kept that going and referring back to the house and the atmosphere in it and around it I didn't even notice that. That's awesome. <laughs> so at the beginning, 124 was spiteful. Basically, a baby ghost has been haunting them. Um, I feel like we're going to end up bouncing around a lot because we learn yeah. about our characters. It, like we get little tidbits of their history and how they ended up here all throughout the book. Uh, but basically, baby. One day we'll read a straightforward book. Yeah, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> I mean, how to Archer was kind of straightforward. <laughs> um, but basically, baby Suggs, it's her house. Um, her daughter-in-law, Setha, and Setha's daughter, Denver, live there. Baby Suggs has died before the, the story starts, and Denver's brothers, I forgot they were there too, two brothers, ran off. And it's kind of framed that they ran away because of the house, because of the haunting, basically. And then mm-hmm. we come to find that that's not accurate, <laughs> or maybe not all of why they left. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, indirectly, I guess. I guess I indirectly. Um, a man named Paul D. comes. It's been like 18 years since he's seen Sitha. Basically, Sitha and Paul D. were at Sweet Home, this plantation, as slaves. Um, I don't know how to say Sitha's husband's name. Is it Hale? Hallie. 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 He is uh, baby Sig's son. So he basically bought her freedom and basically worked the weekends at the, for, um, Oh God, I can't remember the guy's name at sweet home. Um, Garner. Garner. Um, yeah, he worked Sundays yeah. for five years. Yeah. So that baby Sig's, which I did the math. I, uh, now I can't remember. <laughs> I think it's two, 255 Sundays. Mm. To base, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, they the he dies. Gardner dies, and his wife's brother or brother-in-law, school teacher, comes, and basically Gardner, um, he let the slaves. I think he allowed them to learn that he, since slaves shouldn't be taught, they shouldn't learn how to read. But he let them. Although he gave them the option too, I should say, because I think most said, nah, forget it. But Hallie did learn how to read, I think. Yeah, it was uh, the Garner couple is like portrayed to be one of those quote unquote decent slave owners. Mm -hmm. I mean, like they consider their men, their slave men to be men Mm -hmm. rather than boys. And like kind of considered them as part of the family i'm making a lot of air quotes that you can't yeah. see yeah um, <laughs> essentially it's that i can like, hear them <laughs> things weren't terrible until school teacher came right and even then they weren't terrible for a while yeah school teacher very slowly he was definitely one of the slave owners who would not let his slaves learn how to read or consider them part of like the family um their property that should be worked and should not talk back and abide by whatever he says yeah shouldn't be able to buy the freedom of anybody and yeah because i think uh he stops hallie from working sundays yeah to bait to like but then i was like well what happens now with baby but so um we learn little tidbits that basically Sitha was pregnant with Denver. And at first I think all we learn is that she was whipped basically by a school teacher and that they yeah. took her milk from her for her infant daughter who was probably, she was crawling. So she was maybe like one, two, two at, the, at most. the most. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the developmental differences back then. Yeah. So 
Yeah, you're probably right. Probably less than a year. Yeah. Uh, and that she has a tree on her back. This was the first and only time she got whipped. And it's described as a tree with the scars are described as a tree. Yeah. So I don't know if I should just keep going it's, with what actually happened. <laughs> it's an interesting setup yeah. of like, so the story opens 18 years after she ran away. Right. So Denver is 18 more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially has had her mother to herself since for at least eight years since ba- uh, baby Suggs died. And suddenly there's this man, Polly D, tracks her down mm-hmm. to essentially visit Baby Suggs and see if Hallie survived. Um, and they're bonding about, you know, their time on the farm and everything. And that's kind of how, like, the whole tree thing comes out. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the word I want to use. It's dark and, yes. like... Like, he enters the house for the first time and immediately, like, can tell that there's an evil or there's a malevolent spirit. And it's, it's a lot. And when he, like, basically slips her dress down to see the tree, touches her, the house starts to basically shake. And he ends up, like, picking up a table and throwing it around and thrashing stuff, throwing stuff, yelling for the spirit to leave until finally the house stops shaking. So it's like, oh, maybe you helped get rid of it. No. (laughs) Um, They have sex and he's going to stay with them. But we do get the little, that's when we learned about her being married to Hallie and how they got married. Like she wanted, you know. She wanted a wedding. She wanted a wedding. Um, Which I, it kind of explains where she came from, but where she got this. Man, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean it how it sounds, but where did she get this idea that she deserved a wedding? Like, that's what I don't, it's not made quite clear. Like, not saying that she doesn't, but it's like she did live at a plantation with her mother. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of talk about how she doesn't know which one's her mother or until the, you know, the scar. But it's not like she's brand new to this environment so I don't know it's just like a weird like she's very indignant about wanting yeah. a wedding I think this, not to say that she shouldn't have yeah. one but it's like why is this your threshold did she hear I feel like Mrs. Gardner talked to her about their wedding yeah and maybe that's why because like they were nicer and their slaves were part of the quote unquote family like you know maybe <laughs> yeah. that's why I guess. Hearing that and then wanting it for herself. Um, we do also learn a little bit about Amy that basically it's clear that in this sort of flashback, Sita is on the run. She's pregnant with Denver and she's having a really hard time moving. Her feet and legs are very, very swollen. She's it's, it's a lot. And she meets this, this white woman who's on her way to Boston because she wants some velvet. <laughs> She's going to Boston. Yeah, of all things. Yeah, and that she is the one who actually helps her out. Like she rubs her legs to try to get like the circulation going and everything, and get them going. Get them going again so that Sita can get get going again. 
Um, I don't think we learn the rest of the story, but she basically, until a little bit later, but she basically helps deliver Denver. Yeah, which is where Denver gets her right, name from. Because Amy Denver. Amy Denver. Yeah. And Denver does not want Paul D at the house. <laughs> um, he tries to, like, win her over. They go to the circus. He buys her anything she wants and even things that she doesn't ask for. And... I was kind of like, oh, maybe he's getting her to come around. But I think he would have. He would have. Eventually. Yeah. But then they come home and there's a woman sitting in their yard and it's beloved. Uh, she's very tired. She's very thirsty. They don't know where she came from. She has fancy shoes. Yeah. No scars. Right. Like no lines or wrinkles really or anything. Yeah. So they take her in. Um, it's also um, Denver so this house has kind of kept people away and Polly D is able to make the spirit go mm -hmm. away quote unquote and Denver like that was Denver's friend almost like she didn't fear the ghost she's the only one that kind of embraced the fact that the ghost was there right we learned too that Denver when she was a little girl she started going to school um, and that a boy asked her about her mom and basically like, didn't your mom go to jail for killing someone? And she didn't go back. She stopped going to school and she asked her mom about it. But before her mom replied, basically Denver went deaf for a while. And what brought her hearing yeah. back was hearing a baby like crawling or trying to crawl up the stairs. So she's always felt this presence and that it was her sister and like her friend and just someone there with her yeah. like a comfort sort of it's creepy yeah even though like it makes the house shake and shit yeah you know yeah. whatever throws things around um maybe almost kills their dog yeah yeah, uh, yeah. we do also learn too um about hallie paul d says that he saw hallie after Sitha ran away, yeah. and he. It seemed that he saw what happened to Sitha, the whipping, the violating her, like, and that he kind of went a little crazy from it. Definitely. Yeah. 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 There's very clearly like, or very early on, hints of like, like, um. So Baby Suggs is is gets released and and. Um, Setha is brought on and it's instead of like all the men attempting to rape her they're like letting her be mm -hmm. so that until she decides who she wants to be with but they're so turned on that they're like screwing cows yeah that's the bestiality part that yeah. the parents didn't like yeah and yeah I don't know where that line is of like I mean at least they weren't all like raping her yeah I guess yeah yeah and they all by taking her milk they assaulted her right like the, yeah. it's I think they yeah. yeah that it was the school teacher and his, and his nephews. nephews. Two nephews, I think. One held her down. Yeah. And, like, the school teacher was, like, taking notes and watching, basically. Yeah. Yeah. 
so because see that the plan basically we learned a little later the plan was for all of them to run like a bunch of uh, there are a few other people that, yeah. that we haven't actually mentioned yet we're all gonna run things went wrong though in their planning and at the meeting spot it ended up only being six to six and paul d um Sitha's able to get her two sons and then the crawling baby or almost crawling baby to the meeting spot to go off with the woman who was going to help. And then she went back, I think, for Hallie. I think so. And then that's when that happened. And then she ran, I believe. She was supposed to meet him somewhere else. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, they assault her and then they whip her later. Yeah. Because yeah. she ends up. This house again, the, the, the Garners basically treated them like family. So she's hoping that by talking to Mrs. Gardner, who is on her sickbed at this point. Who, as soon as I learned she was sick, I was like, your brother-in-law is poisoning you. <laughs> oh, I went, oh, the grief. The grief is too much. It's like, nope, oh, you're but being you're right. poisoned. No, you're so right. Fucking school teacher. Yeah. Um, she tells the school teacher, lets it know that, you know, um, and that's when she gets whipped. Yeah, and actually, too, also when Amy, so Amy, the the white woman that helps her, is the one who calls it a tree. She describes it as this, like, a beautiful tree, basically. Whereas when everyone else sees these scars, they or wounds, because baby Sug sees them, they're still, I think, open at that time. They all yeah. gasp, and it's like, it's clearly not a pretty sight. Not that scars would be pretty, but, like, I just thought it yeah. was kind of nice that Amy was trying to like do somewhat of a comfort, <laughs> you know, Yeah. that there's nothing you can do in that moment. One for the pain. You're not going to be able to make these scars go away, but to describe them as a beautiful tree was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. It did take me a little while. Cause the way that it's introduced is her standing. I've got a tree growing out of my back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this a weird metaphor? Are we about to get really right, like, like a burden into magical? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this about to become like magical realism? Is yeah. she going to turn into a tree by the end oh of the book? Um, it's like, well, I either need to start reading what these books are about. <laughs> <laughs> it probably would make my life a little blurb about them. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So then we do learn, too, that Paul D was at some point forced into a chain gang and that they basically slept in boxes in the ground and almost drowned because of a bunch of rain. Mm-hmm. Um, which was just crazy. So he's clearly got obviously like his life wasn't all like sunshine and roses after Sweet Home. But yeah. we get little bits of his story throughout it gets to the point though where he feels forced out of the house by beloved mm-hmm. that first he can't sleep in Sitha's room anymore so he sleeps in this chair in the kitchen and then he can't sleep there so he's sleeping in baby Suggs's room um, 
But then at one point, Beloved comes to him in the night and asks him to touch her, like, on the inside. And I was like, please don't. She says it repeatedly, and it is even more uncomfortable every time she says it. Yes, and to call her by her name. So... And he says no, and she forces him against a wall and um, rapes him. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. Do you think they had sex after that again? I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell either. But, like, I kind of thought maybe yes, because, slight spoiler alert, she ends up pregnant. And yeah, I know, that was a shock. I know it only takes one time, but I just yeah. was thinking, yeah. 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 And then there's this scene, so the scene, the first part where I was like, oh shit's about to get real creepy. Denver and Beloved are in, I think they're in the shed, uh-huh. getting cider, and they're talking, and Denver doesn't want Beloved to, to leave. She wants her to stay. Um, she feels the comfort that she's in the, in the home, you know, with them. And Beloved, like, disappears in the shed, but the door doesn't open. She's just no longer in there. (laughs) Yeah. And then she, like, reappears. I was like, oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as soon as she was like, my name is Beloved, I was like, oh, you're a ghost. Mm -hmm. I don't like this Mm -hmm. poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She also threatens Denver when don't tell me what to do. Yes. And there is a scene, too, where... See that starts to choke and Denver says she tells Beloved, I saw your face like you did that. You made her choke and I think Beloved's just basically like, watch yourself. Yeah. Basically, I don't yeah. need you. Yeah. Paul D does end up back in Seetha's room because she like tells him to come back. Uh, but then Beloved tells Denver to make him go because Denver tries to say, you know, she, she likes having Paul D here and Beloved's like, Tell him to go. Get him out of here. So, this is where we finally get a little bit about what happened in the past. So, but it's more from the perspective of the school teacher, one of his nephews, um, a slave catcher, and a sheriff. Because these four men come to the house. They see Stampede at the woodpile. Do we mention Stampede and who he is? No, not really. Okay. Um, um, he's essentially like. The watch guard, mm-hmm. I guess, for lack of a better term, basically as slaves escaped, mm-hmm. he is like a starting point to help them get right where they want to go. Right. Um, and he basically keeps Setha alive after um, she gives birth, mm-hmm. which we've said, and is carrying this baby around. And like, I mean, God, I cannot imagine mm-hmm. burning with fever. Um, but being thankful that she has a fever because it would keep the baby warm. Yeah, which is awful. Um, so, yeah, he's kind of, he knows everybody in the community. He kind of knows where everybody is. Yeah. Um, he is the go-to friend of everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, at one point he talks about how if he helped you find your freedom, he can come into your house. Yeah. Whenever he wants, which sounds really creepy when I say that. I don't mean that in like a creepy way. Right. I mean, like I think he, in that position, anyone would be like, yeah, come on in. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like everybody's just so gracious to yeah. them that he 
doesn't necessarily run the community, but is kind of, I, w- I keep wanting to say, like, the grandfather of the community. Yeah. 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 Um, so he's in, at the woodpile. Baby Suggs is outside as well when these four white men come up and they're looking at the shed. And then the men go into the shed and Sifa's in there holding a blood-soaked child in her arms. There are two boys bleeding on the ground at her feet. And then she's holding an infant by its feet or ankles and she swings it at the wall but misses. Mm-hmm. So that's the scene that they come upon. And basically they their thing was to bring all of them back alive. The sheriff is like, well, your business here is done. I now have to step in. Um, Baby Suggs takes the boys in because they're, they're still alive. So she takes them inside to care for them. Um, when... The sheriff takes Sitha away. She still has the baby. She still has Denver in her arms. So Denver goes with her to jail. Yes. And there's a part where she never cleaned herself up. So she still had the the dead baby's blood yep. on her when she nurses Denver. So it's mentioned a couple times about how Denver took her mother's milk with her sister's blood. Yeah. And then that's why Denver feels such a connection to the dead sister. So I don't know how much digging you ever do outside of these books, but I was looking up a few things and apparently this is based on like a true story that Toni Morrison came across. Yeah. Um, Margaret. Of a uh, Margaret Garner. Yeah. Who tried to escape and got caught and, and killed her youngest daughter yep. and said she would do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I understand entirely why she did it. It's horrific either way. There, There is no, like, positive outcome here. Right. If she hadn't have done that, school teacher would have taken her and all four of her kids back. Yep. And then probably would have sold off her kids in spite. Yes. So, Stampede goes to Paul D and shows him a news article. Paul D can't read, but Stampede explains it. And there's a picture of Sitha, but Paul's like, that's not her. The mouth is wrong. It's not her. So I don't know what you're talking about. This person is not <laughs> Sitha that did this. <laughs> that amused me. Cause I was just like, okay, yeah, I get it. You're like, trying so hard. No. I actually had to read it a few times because I thought because it jumps around so much, I was like, did, she just do something is this a recent news article is he trying to defend her and you know just you know get her off the track or get someone off the track it took me a little while to realize he's showing her him an old news article from 18 years ago he held on to so paul d goes to sitha and she does tell him what she did that oh all right so she says I stopped him I took and put my babies where they'd be safe and his first response to that is your love is too thick and then that it didn't work and then he also tells her you got two feet Sitha not four which I was like I don't get that one I so much. I felt like he was calling her an animal, that like an animal would have killed its kids, but a uh, human that makes should sense. not have. I was just like, you, you being real judgy right now, Paul D. Like, you were <laughs> not there. 
Yeah. And thinking about what you went through, the little that we knew, like we know, would you want your children to go through that if you could do something to stop them from yeah. being forced to be slaves? Yeah. Um, Torture your kids for their entire life yeah. or give them an out before it even starts? Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. There is no. There's happy no easy answer here. here. Yeah. Yeah. But he leaves and she knows in that moment that like she's lost him that now he know he sees her yeah. the way because she also doesn't leave the house the first time they went to the, when they went to the circus that was the first time she's basically left that house oh no she does go to work sorry so she does work I was gonna say yeah Denver hasn't left right Denver hasn't left but other than going to work Sita does not go anywhere else right yeah. so that was their first which outing which is this house was like a beacon of light mm-hmm. when she came baby Suggs was basically like the preacher mm-hmm. of the community um everybody like it was just a busy place to be and everything and this school teacher comes 28 days after Mm -hmm. she gets there so it like immediately kind of cuts off yeah and i feel bad for baby suggs you know who had made a community Mm -hmm. and some of the major things of this book is that you cannot move past you cannot easily move past your your these uh, I, I want to say horrific acts but that's not traumatic mm-hmm. experiences and um, and that you shouldn't love things too hard yeah because you will lose them and it's so heartbreaking yeah because basically after that happens and Seath is taken away with Denver she doesn't preach anymore um, and shortly after Sita gets back, she basically lays down, like she has no drive to do anything else. Um, and she like, she's basically sort of like lays down to die. Like she has no motivation to live. She doesn't sees yeah. no positivity, no light basically. But she, that's when she becomes obsessed with colors. Yes. Although it seemed like, too, because there's a part where Stampede runs into her and she's clear, like the light is gone from her. She's just she's mending shoes, I think, and she's delivering them and she's just doing it to get by. And it seemed like she understood why Seetha did it, even though of how in spite of how it affected her that she was like, well, if she hadn't, where would they be now? Yeah. Yeah. The community seems to be very against Setha because, like, it's almost like she bragged about how she escaped on her own. Mm-hmm. Even though every time she talks about it in the book, it's with the caveat of, but I had a white woman who helped me. Yeah. Which kind of come to learn that a lot of people believe that that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, because why, why why would a white woman help? Right. And Why would she have been in the woods in the first place? And then why yeah. would she help you? Um, so it's kind of... Like, the community at large feels, I don't want to say necessarily vindicated, but kind of like you got what was coming, your pride came first, and this is yeah. what the result is. And Baby Suggs knew everything, and I think accepted everything, and that's why she can see, like, mm-hmm. there were only two decisions here, either death or slavery. We'll go back, again, yeah. Which, yeah. So Paul D. Leaving ends part one. Part two is the one that starts with 124 was loud. 
Uh, talks about Stampede going to like knock on the door, which he felt a little like I shouldn't have to. But when he approached the house, it was loud. Just and it was too much for him. He just these voices. He couldn't deal with it, and he left. Part one's really long. It is really long. Part two's <laughs> not as long. <laughs> no. There was a really nice part in part two where after Paul's gone, Paul D's gone, Sitha, Beloved, and Denver go ice skating. Yeah. And they like have the best night. They're falling all over the place, laughing, just having a great time. And the next day when Sitha wakes up, she decides she's going to make breakfast for them, even though she knows it's going to make her late for work for the first time ever. So it seems like a nice bonding moment between the three. Although this is definitely start. It's like the, the mark or like the start of Sitha's decline. If that makes sense. This is the point where beloved starts singing or humming the tune. And she realizes like, this is the song that she made up for her kids. And like, no one else should know this because it's not, music or anything yeah it's something that she created and it's kind of like the point where we've all probably been yelling at the book but she finally admits to herself that this is more than anything or more likely than anything the ghost of her daughter Mm -hmm. at the age obviously that she would be now yes what did you think there was this chapter that starts with i am beloved and she is mine and it's oh it's interesting was terrifying it's like I don't know if we can really describe it it's basically she's accepted that beloved is her daughter and it's all three of them it brought to an image of like hazy spinning around screen as they kind of are all I don't want to say combining powers, but like feeding into the power that is beloved. And it's like, Oh, not that one. I meant the one before that. It's the one before the first one. That's I forgot. That one does also start with I am beloved and she is mine. I think this is the first one that starts with I am beloved and she is mine. And it's it to me. It sounded like she talks about um, the men without skin, bring us their morning water to drink. And I have. Oh yeah. This one, the man in front of her dies and then they fall into the sea. So it's like, yeah. this is like, you're on a slave ship being brought to the States and watching the people packed in like, like cattle and uh, watching all those around you die and being just dropped into the ocean. She talks a few times about seeing death yeah I just don't know how to describe yeah and then the next chapter is that one where it's clearly all three voices yeah and it does feel very like like witchy like combining powers or like beloved's pulling from their pulling power it's yeah. yeah, I did a little bit of the audiobook of this mm. because it's read by Toni Morrison, oh. um, which she has the most soothing voice. Yes. But it is so quiet. Yeah. Like I had my headphones turned up all mm. the way and I'm still like, I can't hear this well enough. But doing that 
chapter in audiobook like almost feels like an incantation just taking off yeah um, let's see and then we do get a little bit more about the whole plan of all of them leaving another flashback type of thing mm-hmm. and how everything goes wrong when they all memorize the plan and what they're going to do and they start planning this um, before Sitha is heavily pregnant uh, she's pregnant in the spring and by August she's very very heavy with child and they're worried uh-huh. she may not be able to keep up um Let's see. They keep cutting her out of conversations. Right. And then also Mrs. Garner keeps needing help. So Sitha's work with her is increasing. Uh, Let's see. So they alter the plan a little bit. But I think she gets called up to Mrs. Gardner maybe. So this is where we see that when they yeah. are supposed to meet, I think in the corn um, or wherever. I can't remember if they're supposed to meet in the corn or they're supposed to meet after. No, they meet somewhere else. It's just uh, Paul D and I'm sorry, six O and they meet up with the 30 mile woman who is someone that six O has been with. Like, yeah, she, she like was from a different plantation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then they're about to get caught. So he kind of pushes her off and she runs. And then Paul D and Sixo run the other way towards the woods. And that's who the school teacher and his nephews and them, who they follow. They end up tying Sixo to a tree and burning him alive. <sighs> yep. Uh, Paul D they take back and that's that's when Sitha sees him and he doesn't like she says she's gonna go she's gonna get the kid she's gonna go he doesn't think she's gonna make it but he doesn't tell her that and she goes off and then obviously we know she made it yeah we don't really know well so the book when it opens up, it talks about how baby Suggs knew the moment that all of her kids died. Um, Paul D's coming to visit to see like if Hallie made it out or anything. We never actually get confirmation if Hallie died, right? No, there was like a he Paul goes a, crazy, and yeah. we don't see him, so we assume he died. Yeah, um, but we don't see. I was waiting. I was like, I really just want to know what happened to Hallie, but we never find yeah. out. As the last place Paul D sees him is at the butter churn and he's like got butter on his face churning it and looks crazed but that's the last we hear of him. Uh, back sort of in the present stamp paid. He's upset that Paul D is basically in the basement of a church that this community should be better than that and should be opening its doors to him. That's not like he should be staying in a house basically. Uh, but this woman, Ella tells him that he asked to go there. Uh-huh. Uh, so he goes to visit him at the church. He kind of just wanted to be alone basically is what it seems like. But um, he also tells Paul D at that point that, you know, pick any house, 
you can stay there. They'll open their doors to you. You don't have to stay in this basement. And then he also tells them that he was there. Was Stampede that he was there when Sitha killed her daughter. Yeah. And, like, that he needs to understand that, like... I don't know why Stampede told him. Yeah. Like... It, there's no clear reason why he just suddenly decided to tell him this. Right. It's not like he knew him. Like, I mean... Yeah. I guess it's the kind of thing that he could have heard anywhere the way that Denver did yeah. when she was a kid. I guess to prepare him, but it's also... I don't know. It's, it seemed very vindictive of, like, you're going to run this man off from her. Because yeah. you don't think she deserves any happiness type of thing. But it's also... He doesn't have that vibe at the same time. No. So, um, like, part of me was, like, did Denver put him up to this to get Polly D gone? But that's never supported i it's weird why this like came out of nowhere almost yeah um and he's like talking to another woman in town or in the community and she's like i won't let him into my house and, yeah. until he basically tells her like he didn't know yeah and that she says and, that changes things yeah so it's interesting but <clears throat> well Paul and Stampede are talking in the church. A guy comes up looking for a woman that's at the street. I'm totally blanking on her name. And Stampede immediately is like, I don't know who that is. But that's the street you're looking for, you know, about a mile up the road or whatever. And he's like, are you sure you don't know whatever her name is? And he's like, no. Um, and then immediately after he leaves, like, it's very clear he knows who mm -hmm. she is. And I just thought that that was an interesting dynamic of this community. Yeah. Like, they're not going to sell anybody out or anything. Um, I wonder if he even gave them the right direction. I know. <laughs> My guess, maybe not. I wouldn't be surprised if not. Yeah. So then we go to part three. 124 was quiet. <laughs> oh, and this is where we learn that Sita stopped going to work or she and she kept going, showing up like late and everything when she did go and was told not to come back. And at first the three of the Sita beloved and Denver spent a lot of time playing. Um, Sita used basically all of her life savings to buy like fancy ribbons and cloth and I think a lot of food. Like, basically spent all of her savings. And then, yeah. obviously, wasn't going to work. Um, Beloved starts making demands, like, and Sitha gives in to all of them. Yeah. The few times that Sitha tries to assert herself, Beloved throws things, slams things around, you know, temper tantrum. So, basically, Sitha just gives in. And to the point where she's slowly starving to death. Yes. Um, and Denver's watching this where originally Denver felt she needed to keep Beloved safe from her mom and now she feels she needs to keep her mom safe from Beloved and also how are they going to eat because they're running out of food they have no more money Yeah. so she goes to her old school teacher Lady Jones and asks for work um, she basically says I don't really know how to do much but I can learn like I can clean I can do these things and Lady Jones is like no one's going to pay you to do things that we would be doing like chores around the house that we would be doing ourselves 
But the church has this committee that was put together so that those in need will never go hungry, which Denver is resistant to. So Lady Jones tells her to come back anytime. And when she comes back a couple days later, there's a stack of beans on the tree stump for her. And then when she comes back a few days later, there's other food or other things from all like people all around the community. Yeah. Uh, Labeled sometimes with the name of the person, which Lady Jones would then encourage her to go thank them. Yes. I did like that. It's like, yeah, Denver's kind of been sheltered into this house and shunned by the community. Mm -hmm. And it's, I am curious, like, after all this, I hope Denver's on track for some kind of normality and like a place in this community. Yeah. Because she's, before she goes to Lady Jones, she is not really, the last time she went off of the property was to the circus. And then before that, the last time would have been when she was a kid and had gone to school. So she like doesn't yeah. really know how to get places. Um, and just it's, it's been like 12 years. Yeah. Terrifying to step off by yeah. yourself. And then but she does actually go to Mr. and Miss Bodwin, who are the people who helped set baby Suggs up way back when. Uh, when she gets there, she meets Janie, who I think is their... She like their maid. She works for them. The black woman working for them. Uh-huh. And Denver ends up telling her what's going on at home. So Janie says, I'll talk to them. I'll convince him that like they need you here because I have family obligations too. So I can be here during the day and then you can be here at night. Great. It's going to work out. Of course, Janie tells everyone basically what Denver told her about what's going on at 124. Yeah. So the story spreads around. Thankfully, she at least is like, it's a cousin and not like, yeah. hey, the ghost of my baby sister. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Or my older sister. Right. Came back <laughs> from the dead <laughs> as a you solid know. being that you can touch. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, you know how everybody thinks my mother killed my sister? Well. well um, so, like, the story gets spread around and basically one day, like, all the women in the town are going to go to the house and confront this cousin like and just to like confront everything that's going on there and then at the same time mr bodwin has been convinced that yes okay we're gonna hire denver i'm gonna pick her up for her first day of work and this is where i have feeling some real dread <laughs> because yeah. this white man is riding up to this house i just don't do this again and sitha i think feel like the chapter ends basically after saying sitha has an ice pick and she starts yeah. running because she sees the women who are there, but then she sees this white man riding up just the way she saw a school teacher. Cause she saw, obviously she saw a school teacher before they saw her so that she could run out, grab the kids, get to the shed. So we learn from stamp paid talking to Paul D after the fact that she did try to attack Mr. Bodwin, uh, that the women stopped her. And I can't remember what Mr. Bodwin thought this was though, that like, that he yeah, didn't. I was trying to figure that out, too, because the end is kind of uh, not rushed. It's just like such an ex- oh, she got bizarre real close exchange of events. Yeah. But also, I think Denver's still working for him. Yes. Um, Ella put her fist in Sitha's jaw. Uh, let's see.
Yeah, that maybe he's like choosing to. It seemed like maybe he's choosing to believe that um, she was after him. That he did see a naked black woman standing on the porch and wanted to know who she was, beloved. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. And that so he didn't actually see her maybe coming up to him, but like yeah, how close it's... she got to him, I feel like he'd have to yeah. know. But he's just kind of like pretending maybe to not realize that. But he is letting Denver still work for him. Yeah. And Beloved, who I, I don't think, I, well, we, I think we mentioned it. She's pregnant. By this time, she's very pregnant. Her belly is described yes. as like a watermelon. So. Um, Beloved's gone. Denver's working at the Bodwins at night. And Paul D goes back to Sitha and promises that he's going to take care of her. Then he's like, you can't die. This is it's like, it's yeah, too she's soon. a baby sucks, bed. yeah, she's yeah. So I'll take care of you. Uh, do during the day or no, during the night while Denver's at work and then Denver will be home during the day. You won't be alone. Um, and we find out there was a mention though of beloved's gone and that a young, like a young guy or something said that he saw a naked woman running through the woods and we don't hear about her again. And basically the townspeople yeah. forget about her. Some say they didn't see her on the porch at all. Others yeah. said they did see the evil standing there because they're, they feel that she is evil. Yeah. It's like beloved never went away, but the community kind of forgot about her. Mm-hmm. It's, all about, I guess, in the theme of, like, trauma never goes away. You just have to kind of learn to live with it. Right. Which is why, like, as soon as it was like, oh, Mr. Bodwin's going to ride up to the house today. This is not a good idea because. Yeah. There's just no way that that would end. Without. Because Denver's not panicking. explained to her mother. Right. What's going on. Right. Or that, you know, there's a point where she's even says like they're not asking where this food is coming from they're just eating it yeah just taking it yeah yeah so yeah i feel like this is one i definitely want to read again i borrowed it from the library i should have just bought it because that was dumb i should have just bought it because i'm gonna (laughs) want to read it again (laughs) yeah i i bought it um because there's a new independent bookstore near my office, so I decided to go check it out. Uh, they had a bunch of Toni Morrison books out. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. We didn't uh, talk about the cover. What's your cover look like? It's the the red mm. with the yellow script. What about you? I have Toni Morrison's face. <gasps> yeah. I like that. Yeah. I really like that yeah. cover. It's also got one of those, like, cloth, like, like bookmark string things, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've got the, like, minimalistic that kind of going around with all of her books yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, it's heavy. It's very heavy. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't see how someone can binge through her work. No. I still want to keep reading, but I'm like, I need something light next yeah. time. Especially, I doubt yeah. that any of hers are lighter. <laughs> Probably not. The bluest eye definitely wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But it is the start of the like trilogy she has, because uh, it's what Beloved, Jazz, and Paradise I think mm. are like considered. Oh, okay. A trilogy. I have not read them all. 
Um, yeah, I have Sula and Tar Baby over there. Yeah. We definitely lost an amazing author. We really did. This year. Yeah. I have a goal to read all of her stuff. Probably yeah. not back to back though. I probably have to no, and I do want to. Yeah, I do want to reread <laughs> the Bluest Eye too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I have the Bluest Eye as well. Oh, um, that one. That one I read in high school was not banned from my high school. <laughs> and guess what? We all survived. <laughs> it was really good. I think my school tried to ban a book or Ooh. challenge a book. I don't remember the because I remember it. We read it. My freshman year it was coming into freshman year summer reading and there was bestiality or Mm -hmm. talk of bestiality or something in it and i remember just being like this book is terrible Mm. and i remember that that was oh there was also discussion of masturbation i think oh because i remember it being a big deal (laughs) (laughs) uh but i couldn't tell you i bet you if i texted some friends they'd instantly remember what book it was but i don't it's also probably somewhere in my apartment (laughs) yeah yeah. Book drink? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> is it terrible to say milk? It is terrible yeah. to say milk. Or water, because that's all Beloved wanted when she first, when they yeah. found her at the house, she just drank water after glass after water, glass of water after yeah. glass after glass after glass. She also really loved sugar. Yeah, she really liked all the sweet things. Yeah. But I mean, I get that. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's so happy. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yes. It really is. Like some of the things in this book and some of the quotes, I'm just like, good Lord. Oh, there was a good one that I read on the train where I like had to pause and I, fuck. It was something that, was it baby Suggs had, had said? Suggs? Ooh, I don't remember. It's an. It's also just an interesting look at like the time period. It's post Civil War or right at the start of Civil War. I'm not entirely sure because I can't remember the dates for the Civil War off the top of my head. Yeah. But the the sons run away because it was easier to imagine men killing men mm-hmm. in a war than a mother killing her kids or something like that. And I was just yeah. like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, to go back to why the boys left, probably not the malevolent spirit, probably the memory of their mom trying yeah. to kill them would do it. How old were they when they, was it three and six? Oh, I don't remember. Um, they were young, but they weren't as young as as, as the, Yeah, the they baby. were definitely like walking. And then every time, like after that and after they got better again, they were always together, always holding hands, always yeah. like staying together. Which makes sense. They had each other's back and yeah. were watching out. Yeah. And we also never get, like, what Beloved's real name is. Because there's also mention, too, oh, that some white man kept, there's rumors that he kept a woman in his house. Mm-hmm. And there was the question of, well, is that who that really was? Is that where she came from? Like, kept her locked up for years and years and years. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it isn't entirely clear. Yeah. Like, I think he died or is something. Is this the ghost? Yeah. And then where yeah. did she go? Yeah. Yeah, is it Stamp Paid that talked about his wife 
when the master started sleeping with his wife yes. and he tried to talk to the mistress about it and yep it's just horrific and they were free but they weren't free right you know yeah Do you know what you're going to read next that's not for the podcast? That's a very good question. <laughs> um, not comics. I read like 10 comics this past week. So um, I'm going to be reading something called Shadow Frost. It's a YA fantasy book. That's about all I got. But it comes out October 1st. So yeah, I got to get that read and a review done. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah. What about you? What are you going to be reading next? Uh, I'm going to read one that I feel like I had said before, like last year at some point I was going to read it. And I don't know if I actually even started it. It's The Daring Ladies of Lowell. Oh, yeah. Um, but a woman like describes like factory life in Lowell and then like a budding romance. And then I'm sorry. Wait. This does not sound light. Hmm. But then again, there's romance, but oh, still. Oh dear, as the murder of her best friend sends shockwaves through the town. So this is good, though, that I'm reading the jacket <laughs> of the book. <laughs> you know what? You don't have to read something light because we yeah. are doing something light for the podcast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that'll be fine. It, it doesn't, yeah. Um, I don't know how, I'll let you know next time how light this one is. But um, <laughs> next for the podcast, the challenge is reading a book where we've seen the movie, but not read the book. So we are going to yes. read book one of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I actually haven't Which? seen the movie, but Megan has. And then our guest, Chris has. <laughs> so I will watch yes. the movie first and then read book one. Yeah, I've done both, but I do think that I saw the movie before mm -hmm. I read the book. Yeah, it's just been Years and years and years. Yeah. Which will be super fun and light, even though, like, what do you know anything about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Mm, I feel like there's a number that has importance, but I don't remember what the number is or why it's important. Maybe it's the answer to everything. It is the answer <laughs> to everything. You will learn the answer to everything. You just may not learn the correct question. Gotcha. <laughs> also... How is this episode only like an hour? I was just going to say, because like, the fuck I was looking back because I wanted to see how long um, a mercy was. We did have a guest, though, so that was an hour and 55. Yeah. And like, I feel like when we read that one and this one, and then when I read Love, it felt like it like not a lot of time passed in the present sense mm -hmm. of the book. So it almost feels like not a lot happens, but so much happens and it's so yeah. much information. And I think maybe this it's because it's like a short amount of time from like Paul D coming to him coming back and saying, I'm going to take care of you. Nine months at the most. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am curious or not let's scratch that. This book, like you said at the beginning, is a lot of scenes that are redone mm -hmm. by different perspectives. And I think that's why the actual plot feels a little bit less than yeah. the 300 and something pages that it actually is. But I do like that. I do like getting the different perspectives. I will say, yeah. this is, I don't know how great of an example this is, but um, did you watch Dawson's Creek? No, I did not. Okay. Do you mind if I spoil something from Dawson's oh, Creek? Oh, go right ahead. Dawson is super in love with Joey, played by Katie Holmes. They're best friends. They date, they break up. 
she starts dating Pacey, Joshua Jackson, in secret, who is Dawson's best friend. And the episode where Dawson, or I don't know if they're actually dating or just like making out, <laughs> like have feelings for each other. But the episode where Dawson finds out, it's told from like Joey and Pacey's perspective, Dawson's perspective, Jen's perspective, Andy's Like there's all these different perspectives to see how it all came to be like how this one moment unfolded for everyone so and i've always really liked that i've always liked movies or books or shows that do that um because everyone's perspective is different and sometimes it's easy to forget that or like when you're watching dawson's creek and you're like yeah i just want them to be they get be together like what just tell dawson and then like oh dawson's gonna really be hurt by this because now i'm looking at it from his perspective (laughs) yeah um we got a little bit of it last episode too with an American marriage yeah. where we're like, uh, that was a bit more extreme mm-hmm. where, you know, um, I just, the only name I can remember is Andre Celeste and Roy. Okay. Fucking Andre. So Celeste and Roy. <laughs> Sorry. That's exactly why I just keep going fucking Andre. But, uh, uh, we get a couple of different scenes back and forth between Roy and, and Celeste. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really great. Yeah, and and I think this book does a great job of unraveling what happened, and leaving enough secrets. Yeah, and mysteries like what did happen to Hallie? I that's the biggest one I think because yeah. like, but then it's also like very realistic in that back in those days, if people planned to run away together, and not everyone made it out, you were never, most likely never going to find out what happened to the other person if they stayed or if they were killed for it. And at the same time, if you're the one who got caught, did they make it to safety? Did they get caught along the way? Or did they, like, drown? Like, did something crazy happen where they died? Uh Like, a freak accident? Like, there's really, there's that emptiness and that, or that question, basically, that will always linger of, well, what happened to him? And if he is still alive, I'm sure his thing is what happened to Sitha and our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Don't love too hard. Yeah. But yeah. Man. So it's, I I'm like, do I? I huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, do I want to watch the movie? Do I have? Maybe not this weekend. Maybe not this weekend. <laughs> I wonder if it is streaming. Let's see. Yeah. I want to go see Hustlers. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, exactly what I was going to say. Is I'm very glad I have a ticket to see Hustlers this weekend <laughs> because I feel like that's light enough that I'm just going to be like, fuck it. Yeah. That's yeah. Because like last weekend I messaged you when I was watching Becoming Jane for the first time. This is a new movie because I have a goal to watch at least 50 new movies a year because I'm the worst at watching new things. Or, like, I'll start TV shows and not finish them. But I figured movies, I can have, like, a, a number value. So, it's like, oh, I got to get on this. And then I was feeling sick. So, I was like, let's watch Becoming Jane because James McAvoy is in this. He's a baby, but he's adorable and I love him. I did not realize it was your first time yep. watching it. Yeah. So, when I was messaging you or about it and then about that one guy fucking proposing, like, Andre. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Oh. The like, preacher's whatever. assistant or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Like, now's not the time to propose. Yeah. Anyway. But then I was like, oh, there's this movie called Miss Julie that has Colin Farrell and Jessica Chastain. And the picture is like, or the image of it, she's like standing between his legs, like looking down at him as he's sitting there. And the, the blurb is like, she, it follows like this very small group of people one midsummer night as she's trying to convince him to seduce her, even though he... He's like her dad's assistant. Um, 
he's engaged to their cook. And I was like, oh, this could be real sexy times. Like, yeah, let's do this. After I've done the whole, like, are they going to get married? Are they not? Of uh, becoming Jane, which. Yeah. I knew how real life ended, but I was like, give me a revisionist ending, please. (laughs) It's like, I just want them together. Um, But what's so great is like, most of that movie is quite embellished, but like they did probably have some kind of like summer love and Mm -hmm. like maybe the thought of him did keep her from ever like finding true love. And he really did name his daughter. daughter Yes. (laughs) So I like that whole like, and I love the period pieces too. Like (laughs) give me that. Will they, won't they like big skirts, corsets, whatever. So like like the fact that they didn't get married is because mm -hmm. he needed to support his family. It's not like a, class thing at all it's literally like if i marry you you lose this money backing that you have that's keeping your entire family alive and it's just so much like can't you just work together and send money but she had a point of like because her dad had told her poverty can breed will breed resentment or i can't remember how he said it but basically that's it and is this love worth it if it's gonna tear apart your family is like yes yes (laughs) so that's what i was looking for when i went to watch miss julie and that's not what i got Damn it. Oh, and it was like two hours of where at one point I was like, how much of this fucking movie is left? Because things are crazy. Like, it's not. I mean, Colin Farrell's accent, always sexy. James McAvoy's accent, always sexy. So that was good. And also Jessica Chastain. She's gorgeous. She plays crazy having a breakdown very well. This was an unsexy time when she is like freaking out. Um, so it was an interesting movie, but it was not that fun. Will they, won't they, or like pride and prejudice, like, Oh, just get together, you know, like type of thing. So yeah, I want something like this weekend. I don't think I can watch beloved this weekend. I do also have to watch the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. (laughs) Yeah. That's very late. Yeah. Zoe Deschanel, Martin Freeman. Um, so, all right. So. The Darling Ladies of Lowell for me next time. You, Shadow Frost, and then us, book one of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That'll be fun. I'm looking so, forward to that because I it'll be yeah. a new movie for me to add to my list. And um, yeah, that'll be good. All right. So join us back here in two weeks for Hitchhiker's Guide, book one. Um, and in the meantime, keep supporting your local libraries.